Hello, welcome to another episode of um, FPL Nations with me, Callum Harris, and uh, Dominic Tyrrell. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this week we're going to be looking at um, a review of the fixtures from the last game week, the increased need of uh, premium defenders that are now coming in, how we performed with our FPL teams, some of the risks we took, the transfers we made, the transfers that we should have made, <clears throat> Ben Teke, and yep. <laughs> uh, just to focus on uh, Watford, Man United, Villa, Newcastle and Norwich, because they've all got new managers. Dom, how are you? I'm good. Um, after witnessing a very good performance today in the Champions League, I must say I'm very pleased um, with my team. And overall, I guess I, I guess I can say OK regarding FPL. It wasn't um, the best of weeks. I guess we'll get into that, but um, overall, I'm satisfied. How are you? That's good. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, one of my transfers that I was thinking of last week, which we basically spoke about the entire time, was um, Benteke. And mm-hmm. at the last second, I made a U-turn. So as soon as I woke up and he scored two goals, I thought, well, it's not going to be my week. But it turned out okay, to be honest. Um, Salah. Got me some points. Rudiger scored, which was a big one. St. Maximin did well, which was the person I was going to take out for Ben Teke. So it wasn't all bad news in the end. All right. Um, so should we start off with how our FPL teams did? I think I think that's probably the best way. I think I came away with 79 points and I think you came away with 67. Yeah. Um, what do you th- how how do you think your team performed generally, and any transfers that you wish you might have made? Um, particularly transfer wise, uh, there wasn't really any that looking back at it that I wanted to do that probably would have paid off. I was satisfied with the team going into it. I just had an issue of who to start, and it ended up being that everybody that needed to start started because there were two um absentees. Um, one in Diaz who was rested for the UCL game, which is I predicted, which is why I had Rudiger the first place on my bench. Thank the Lord that that happened, so I was able to to benefit from that fourteen points. And the second was Rafina, which I had no clue about because I really wanted to see him play against Tottenham because I really had a uh, I fancied him to at least get in on goal against that Tottenham team, which they ended up doing lead and scoring according to the first half mm. um and does Ford anyone know in. the injury status of rafinha because at the moment it says illness 75 percent. do you do you know anything about that the the small leads thread that i saw on reddit which is the thread that told me that he was going to be um out any case said that they had no they weren't sure either they just knew that there was an illness that he probably came to uh, england with which is also the reason why i think it was rodrigo was also out for that game because of Rafinha and Rodrigo, which is why Jailhart, is that how you pronounce his name? That um, oh, teenage... Jailhart, yeah, I think, yeah. Jailhart, the teenage striker from Leeds. That's why he started, because there were a lot of absentees. Um, so right now, I'm not sure. I've just All I've heard is that it's an illness. Um, if it's an illness that is enough to keep him out of a game, it's probably something to keep an eye on. Um, so I'm probably going to keep my eye on that. What really disappointed me, though, um, in my team was the double blank from um, McCarthy and Levento, which you, you know, al- always run the risk of doing when you run two people from the same team. But what really hurt me was the fact that they were playing Norwich, which I really assumed was going to be a guaranteed clean sheet. 
and he took clean sheets they've gotten me from teams prior with from teams that you would have not really been too mad about if they scored but i really did look at norwich that norwich matchup and say okay if it's any game that i needed a clean sheet from it would have been this game because yeah. mccarthy is still a, a differential pick for me and i really would have loved to have had at least 12 points between them I ended up getting two um so that didn't that really i think that was really tipped my balance for me because if i had gotten at least 12 points for them i would have been exactly at your score actually 79 so with all that being said i'm not too concerned about the team performance per se there's something that i just couldn't control um but i really am looking now at my striker options particularly antonio and Barry, because um i don't like how they've been performing up late especially um Vardy and how he looked against chelsea i mean he you know leicester didn't look as if they were shouting so you know that's how it looks that's how it looks to me no i think that's fair and just for the for the listeners the last two games that southampton played where they got clean sheets was aston villa and watford so teams you know watford at the moment are actually scoring quite nicely um yeah. villa you might have expected a clean sheet which they got but yeah, yeah, certainly if they can keep clean sheets against, you know, this season, Watford, Villa, Leeds, Man City, West Ham, uh, you would expect them to be able to keep a clean sheet against Norwich of all, of all teams. So, yeah, I could see that as being a bit frustrating. But I suppose where you've got a couple over the last couple of weeks, I suppose not too bad, really. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm satisfied. Um, I'm satisfied with what they've done for me for the last three weeks. So I, you know, I'll take that in stride. Definitely, and you captain Salah this week as well, so he got eight points, so he got you 16 points overall, which was a nice, healthy addition. Um, yep. If I look at my team, I, I was comparing our teams earlier, and they are they are very similar, and I'm trying to work out where the 12 points difference come from. I can't really tell at the moment. Um, That's I, probably your had... mm. maximum, probably is one. Um, yeah, I think where I... Yeah. I think where I've got some maximum, you had uh, Jimenez. So Jimenez got eight points oh, and Maxman got ten. So that should only be two. Mm-hmm. But I think it must be just an accumulation. Or oh, Jota got me eight where Foden got you one. Okay, I think that's probably... Right, that's, that's it, it there, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I also had Alexander-Arnold and uh, Rudiger in my team. Salah, um, Jota and St. Maxman all returned eight-plus points. Uh, I got a pretty big green arrow this week. I went up from about 150k, or I think I was down at about 160k at one point, um, up to 117k. Uh, could have could have been more had uh, Cancelo not done so well and uh, James and Chilwell not done so well. But that's fine. That's yeah. the risk I took with not having any of them. So when I'm on my wild card next week, they'll, they'll be straight in. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of that, I think that that speaks to the point of the need now for premium defenders because I think I, I don't think you can get away now without having at least Cancelo and Trent or Trent and James, one of the two, two of the two, and probably all three would be recommended at this point. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, in fact, I think you need probably need maybe three or four. So you've got obviously Alexander Arnold, uh, Trent, sorry, Trent, you've got Trent, uh, Cancelo, James. Chill well, and you know you can you can go for a cheap defender, or even if you went for another Chelsea defender, even if you put Rudiger in there, they all got double digits this week, apart from Chilwell who got nine. 
So right. it's definitely a, an option to go big at the back, you know, 5-3-2 or 5-4-1. Or even 5-3-3, feeling brave. <laughs> yeah, and I think I'll um, really consider that going forward, especially if the woes of the strikers continue. Although I am really optimistic, I'm trying to stay optimistic with my striking options, especially with being somebody who's owned Jimenez since I think week four. Jimenez has returned at least every other game week for me and some chances. I think this recently he's, he's done it at least once or twice back to back and he's been a consistent, not only a consistent returner, but sometimes he's even been a differential. So outside of Jimenez, which I would recommend to y'all, even though I don't want y'all to buy him, you don't need to buy him, but just in case, um, just so you can stay a differential for me. Um, he's somebody who you should look at in terms of a striker around the seven. What is this price right now? Yeah, 7.8 mil, so like 7.5 to 8 mil range. He's a great option because he has been returning and he's been going under the radar because he's not as heavily owned as an Antonio or Vardy. But outside of that, I, I think I'm going towards a, a differential pick probably next week for my striking options. At least one, even though I know Vardy's in particular, his fixtures are getting kind, kind of nice going forward, which is why I held on to him in the first place, but I guess I I'll have to see. Maybe we should see how he does against Watford before making a decision, because if you can hold him, well, I suppose, uh, you have Antonio still, right? Yep. For me, for me, Antonio is the one to get rid of first, if if you have the option to move Antonio on to either a Benteke or a Wilson. Because um, if you hold Vardy for Watford, you can always see how he does. If he does do well and he maybe gets it back back on form, he then follows that up with Southampton, Villa, Newcastle, and uh, Tottenham, who are all leaking a lot of goals at the moment. Exactly. Um, oh, speaking of which, and I'm glad you mentioned that club. But before I forget, I think one of the things, and hopefully he's able to join to um, talk about it in depth. Um, thing I mentioned to me earlier before his before the week started, the game week that we we're talking about last week. Um, that Regulon would be a, a great pick to look at going forward because um, under Conte, as you know, somebody mm-hmm. who's really um, utilizing the 3-4-3 formation to a T with the really extensive roles of wing-backs now. Regulon is going to be... I think Regulon had like... He had as... The stat that was very interesting was that Regulon now has as many touches as Harry Kane has had any penalty area um, since Conte has come, which is insane. Um, to say, but in that game, if you looked at the Leeds game, you would understand why that stat exists because Regulon literally was a highest player on Spurs pitch at many points during the game. It also made sense that he scored, even though it was a lucky goal. Um, you know, coming back off the post, it was because he was in such a advanced attacking role, he was able to get in that position in the first place. So I yeah, think sure. I I think he's a he's a good. I think he's he's not that expensive either. He's a good differential pick. For those who are looking to stay probably away from spending too many points in the pack, I think he's going to be a nice run in, especially with Spurs fixtures coming up, because he's going to be much more advanced now. Mm, for sure. And uh, his cost at the moment is 5.1. So, you know, Look at that, yeah. if you have, if you have someone fast. like Dunk or, um, you know, a West Ham defender that you're looking to get rid of, sort of anyone around that price range, Regulon could be a very good pick. And it's worth mentioning as well, I think, that in uh, Regulon's post-match interview that he did, he mentioned that uh, Conte had told him to go into the box as much as he can. The, the way he worded it was, 
Conte's told me to arrive, arrive, arrive. So he's always looking to get into the box on the end of crosses. Yes. You know, similar to how, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the Chelsea manager has told Chilwell to do the same thing. He's I've told him to arrive in the box for Reese James's crosses. Regulon's now doing the same thing for Spurs. So if he can continue doing that, I wouldn't mind betting he becomes another one of the wing backs that we're looking at for the future, you know, for a big five at the back. Yeah. And as you mentioned his name, Chilwell, for those who own him, Chilwell, I just saw the update here on my phone, he's expected to at least miss the rest of the year, which is going to be a big blow for those who own Chilwell, because I know you mentioned him as one of the options. He's injured now with a suspected um, ACL damage from the UCL game today. So, um, no, yesterday it was, right? Um, yeah, it was yesterday, and yeah. he, and they're still Chelsea. Still not even sure if he's going to be back for the um until the new year. So just keep your eyes out on that. He's probably going to have to get him out now before his price drops, um because he's going to be injured. So that's just an, a side update. But yeah, sure. Regulan is is definitely going to be somebody I also cast my eyes on, especially if I'm going to go probably a Cancelo and James or Cancelo and um I probably go and Cancelo. And James, I'll probably look to have Regulon as my fourth with my 3.9 defender still there. So I'll, I'll try to see if I can work it out so wrong there. For sure. No, and I think I think he'll be a very good uh, pick going forward, even if Conte manages to shore up the defence uh, to the point that you know Regulon's getting clean sheets and attacking returns. He could be pretty good. Um, just on just on Chilwell quickly. Does this make Alonso nailed? Because I know that Chilwell was replaced with Azpilicueta in right. the game, but Tuchel came and said that that was a mistake on his part and he meant to sub on Alonso. Um, if, if it's me looking at it, I'm very, very tempted on, on Wildcard to, to have a look at Alonso now. Um, as far as I can tell, he'd be pretty nailed. Uh, I don't know how many minutes he can play UCL, Premier League, you know, if the... I can't remember if they're still in the League Cup or if the FA Cup will start. I don't know how many minutes he will play, but I don't know that they've got another left wing back. Um, unless they put Azpilicueta on the wrong side, but I'd be willing to bet that uh, Alonso should be fairly nailed in that position for now. Yeah, I think it's a good um a good thing to say that he probably is a... A good pick going forward as well, and we all know that if Alonso does start, he is always a banging um for attacking returns because he's always somebody who's going to be very advanced on the pitch regardless of who manages him. So that's probably a good option as well. I'm not too sure though, so I'm not going to say <clears throat> that he's guaranteed to be nailed, but I would say that he is definitely somebody to look upon um going forward if you want to straight swap Chelsea for anybody and don't want to leave Chelsea. I think that's that's the best option. For sure. No, I fully agree. So, remind me what transfer you made this week. Yeah, this week I didn't. I didn't make a um. Did I? Was it this week that I? No. Or I didn't the, the make transfer a transfer. Um, you made four last week's games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't make. I don't. No, I didn't make a transfer. Um, this week, which is my intention again, because I looked at my squad. I said, you know, my squad is very, very good as it is. Um, the only issue that I had was probably Foden's health, which ended up showing itself um, because he was subbed off before 60 minutes, so he didn't even get a point for 
60 minutes and a clean sheet points. He ended up with only one point. Um, but outside of that, I I, I had no issues with my squad. So I hadn't made a transfer um, this week. Okay. Um, so this week, I, as as I've mentioned before, we were we discussed last week about um, Enteke, um, and how he his XG had yes looked really yes, good. Um, but the the problem that we have is that Benteke is a, or from what I can see, a rotation risk. Um, the problem was that over the last six weeks, I think three of them he hadn't started and three, three of them he had. Um, it's good to see that he's actually scoring a lot of goals um, because I think, annoyingly, he's now an option for everyone. But it does certainly mean that Vieira has to consider him going forward. And you would like to think that even if he's not playing 90 minutes, he's still getting a lot of XG. You know, Gallagher, uh, Edouard, Ayu, Zaha are all providing him a lot of uh, time and freedom. And that showed again when they played Brentford this weekend because he scored two goals. Was it Brentford? Sorry. Remind me. Yes, it was Brentford. No, sorry, it wasn't Brentford, it was Burnley. Um, when yeah. they played Burnley, and uh, Burnley allowed them a lot of space, but Crystal Palace did play very well. So I think the decision I made not to bring in Benteke in the end, just because he wasn't fully nailed, was a mistake, but I was about to take him out for... Sorry, I was about to bring him in for St. Maximan, who ended up with a goal and assist himself, two bonus points. So I can't be I can't be too disappointed in that. The perfect transfer would have been Antonio to Benteke, but that was something I'd never properly considered. What I ended up doing instead was taking out Sanchez, who was uh, suspended, and I brought in Guaita uh, for Crystal Palace, and ultimately they conceded three goals, which is not good. Yeah, just to get back on this point, I just remember that um, as I checked my phone, I had used a transfer, but the reason I remember that there's no transfers was because I didn't spend points, which is what I wanted to do. I ended up doing Gallagher to Allen, which is something I wanted to do. And I mentioned it in the previous podcast. I don't know why I forgot that. Um, Other way around? Allen to Gallagher? Oh, I said Gallagher to Allen. My bad. Um, <laughs> Allen to Gallagher. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I don't know what's going on. Uh, this is what happens in, when City wins. My bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is... So, yeah. And it was a chance. So, I actually went to bed the night before. And I thought about it. And I was like, yes, this makes sense. But I wanted to make sure I had enough funds. I had like 1.7 in the bank. And I was able to um, immediately upgrade Gallagher. Upgrade to Gallagher from Alan. And he ended up giving me a return immediately. So, that was um, very good. Um, but outside of that, I didn't need to change any other thing. I didn't see any change. Um, so I think going forward, though, I am going to be a little more um, focused on improving my defense because I have one defender in particular who's not going to play nearly as many games as um the others. I might want to change that, or I might leave him just to give just this continuing, just to continue to free space for who, me who to move to make moves as elsewhere. Um, that's the defender from Norwich with the very long name as well. Oh, Dali. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's three. He's three, he's still three point nine. I think, um, he's yeah three point nine. I think he's the lowest defender in the game, which is why I bought him because he was like 
the person that I could have afforded the best. With that being said, I think um, people like Foden, uh, Antonio, Vardy in the future, people that I can look at for um, extra money in the bank later on. I can immediately do something like Foden to Jota and um, look to use the extra to go probably upgrade somebody like a Vermento or you know, add somebody from a Chelsea defender or even look to upgrade Diaz to Cancelo. So there are options I'm considering right now, but at least pertaining to last game week, I don't even made that Gallagher switch, which paid off immediately. So I think going forward, I'll stick with them and um, continue like that. No, that's good. Um, so I suppose we've we've spoken about the transfers we've made, the transfers we should have made. What did you make of the new managers who managed the, for the first time this weekend? So we had um, we had Dean Smith for Norwich. We had Eddie Howe for Newcastle, albeit he had COVID and didn't actually manage to attend. And we had Stephen mm-hmm. Gerrard for Aston Villa. Did you did you watch any of the games first of all? Um, the only game. Let's make sure. The only game that I was able to see was the Watford United game because I think Newcastle was going on at the same time. I'm not sure about the Aston Villa and Norwich games, but I'm pretty sure Newcastle's game was going on at the same time. And the only game that was showing was the Watford United game on TV. Um, definitely though, I think Ranieri has found a system that is working with Watford, especially with Dennis and um, King up top. Mm-hmm. I think that they're their utilization, especially last week against United, was key because they're not only able to get on the ball a lot more, they were also able to attack the defenders with running room. So they were able to be used to their strengths. And it seems as if Ranieri has found the system to use that and also incorporate Sar's ability to get on the ball, dribble past defenders. Because outside of the two penalty misses Sar had, which was, you know, very, very like very wild start to the first half. Star was very, very composed, very dominant on the ball. He was very um he was very imposing as well because he was making the runs and making the the attempts to play through his attacking partners and they seem to be building chemistry, which is always something you want to see. Um I was very impressed too with King and Dennis's desire too. They looked as if they were like really running after the ball every time there was a um a fifty fifty, they were going for it. They were holding up play very nicely. They were making correct runs. And Watford, all in all, as you saw in the, in the highlight, they deserve to win that game. 4-1 is probably mm-hmm. um, some fault of United. Uh, you really shouldn't be conceding four goals to Watford, regardless of how well they play. But the results for that particular game was correct because Watford dominated that game from the start to the finish. And I think going forward, somebody like a Dennis, somebody like a, a King... As a third striker, a very, very um, affordable third option, somebody who wants to save money on, that's definitely a direction I can go in um, because they can turn up with a goal or two at any given moment. And look at who they turned up with, somebody like a United. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's quite interesting now that um, sort of the recent talk has been that there aren't many... Um, forward options but actually i think when we're looking on the cheaper side of things you've got king dennis uh benteke uh adam armstrong you have got players actually now who are starting to score but they don't cost a lot 
So I think people are going to be very quick to sort of dismiss it as maybe luck or, uh, you know, that they'll regress to the mean and they won't continue with their form. I'll be interested Mm. to see how Ranieri now takes Watford forward because, like you said, he seems to have implemented a system and both Dennis and King have looked really, really good. Um, So if they can continue scoring, you know, if they can put four past Man United, five past Everton, um, and I think they had a a big score recently as well on United, um, I don't see why they can't continue that, especially against some of the the lower-ranked teams. Just looking at Watford's uh, upcoming fixtures, um, I should really be talking about this on the next podcast, but I mean, looking forward, their next game's Arsenal, which is going to be tricky, but then they've got Norwich and Burnley, which, you know, you're not going to get two better games than that for strikers, realistically. Um, And even after that, Leicester, who have conceded a lot of goals. So I think they could be be ones to watch and... uh, you know, with Crystal Palace as well having some good fixtures now. Um, Aston Villa, Leeds, Manchester United, yeah, maybe difficult now with Carrick and uh, Everton. You know, they could score a lot of goals as well. So I think really if you were having a look at King, Dennis or Benteke going forward, it might be worth seeing how they did at the weekend and, you know, going back and watching that game because I think they could be good options now. Yeah, most definitely. I think, and I think it's it's the movement of this season so far. It's been the differentials, probably apart from somebody like Asala and Trent, Mancillo, the defenders mm. that have been really coming up with the points, especially the vital points where the premiums have not been showing up. Because I mean, I don't know how many times we've been com- <laughs> complaining about the premium, especially strikers not performing. Mm. But at, in the same breath, we had to mention as well that. A, dif- a differential performed King got and I don't think this is not the first time a King has returned in this amount either I, I distinctly remember King doing bits probably a few weeks ago so it's, it's not something that is when they won 5-2 exactly and I think he's what it, it was it him that scored the hat-trick in like 30 minutes or something like that I think um, it was it was him yeah yeah so it, it this is a trend I think that people are if anybody's starting to notice it'll probably be now that differentials might be not a bad option going forward especially like you who has a wild card i'm pretty sure that there might be one or two that will be floating around their um draft ideas for sure for sure and an interesting fact um king is actually norwegian i had no idea <laughs> he's norwegian was little... it is that by is that by birth or is that by um his parents i'm really not sure to be honest with you <laughs> Saw the flag and I thought, well, I didn't know he was Norwegian. There you go. That's actually, I actually had no idea. You know, I actually had no idea. Do you know anything about him before the season? No, because I hadn't heard about him before the season, to be honest with you. Yeah, so he played for Bournemouth with Callum Wilson when Bournemouth were in the Premier League. So the, the front three usually for Bournemouth was Ryan Fraser, uh, Callum Wilson... And Josh King was either the starting winger or he was or he was playing second fiddle to Callum Wilson. Um but he, he's played in the Premier League before. He's never been massively clinical, but I know that when Bournemouth was scoring a lot of goals he did get on the score sheet a few times a couple of seasons ago. Maybe three seasons ago now. Um 
And he, I know he's always had the potential because I think he went out on a loan spell somewhere um, and he performed quite well. But no, I think he's he's always had this potential. But I think he's just never been quite good enough, you know, to make that top flight. So I'll, I'll be really interested to see if he's stepped up his game from the championship last year and whether he can really come through and score a lot of goals. The problem is he's in a Watford side who don't necessarily create a lot of chances, but under Ranieri, who's pretty good at getting teams to create chances, well, clean sheets and chances, um, I think he'll be a very interesting look now. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm looking at looking towards him too. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think that's probably something I I should put on the um, the transfers I should have made. I should be looking towards, because I've been very hesitant to go towards differentials at, at all. I think the only differential I have by virtue of ownership is McCarthy um, and Jimenez. He, he dropped in and out a few weeks, depending on um, how many people brought him in, but he's been around 10%. Outside of that, though, I've had, I, I own a lot of people who own, who are owned at least by 20% of the FPL community. So I think that is a direction I should definitely be looking at. At least if I'm not doing it holistically, I should just at least do it for strikers. Um, because I have been let down consistently by them. I've had weeks where there's twos right across the board. Um, if I get two strikers to return at all, it's a lot. So, yeah, I think that's the direction mm. we should be going. And maybe we need to uh, look more at the informed strikers. So, you know, where Antonio and Vardy haven't been performing, potentially we could have looked at... Um, I know you've got Jimenez, but for me, uh, Jimenez... Um, Benteke, King, Dennis, who are performing to their price tag and then spending a bit more in the defence or in the in the midfield. Yep, um, definitely that. Let's talk about Aston Villa then, because they've just got Gerard, who had a pretty impeccable record when he was managing Rangers in Scotland. Uh, I think he took them as far through Europe as a Scottish team had been for a long time. I think he won two seasons of the Scottish Premiership. This is just from memory, and I'm not—I don't follow Scottish football that much. Uh, and I know Celtic were going through a bit of a, a rebuilding phase. So, uh, and he, he also went one of the seasons unbeaten as well, if I remember correctly. So I think Stephen Gerrard has really proved himself in Scotland, and I'm—I'm I'm really interested to see how he's going to pick up this Aston Villa team because I don't think they were too bad under Dean Smith. I think a lot of people said that it was quite unfair that Dean Smith did go. Um, yeah. You know, they, they hadn't been playing that badly. They just had a string of bad results and they hadn't quite gelled the team together with um, Bailey um, and the Ings other two players. They signed Ings and... Wendy, I believe. Wendy, yeah, that's the one. Um, so I think where they'd struggled gelling... Um, into the team, they hadn't had particularly good results, and I, th I think Gerard should be able to do that quite nicely. Um, a lot of people have been saying that Leon Bailey might be one to watch now. He played well with Antonio in uh, when Jamaica played. He he stuck out, so I think uh, a lot of people are looking at him as someone who Gerard might be able to rely on. So I'm really curious as to how Aston Villa will look. Obviously. He's only had one game and he won 2-0. Watkins scored a nice goal um, right into the top right-hand corner around the keeper. I think Gerard said afterwards that, you know, 
as a manager, that's exactly what you love. But you're not going to get that every week. You know, he was lucky not to be closed down a bit sooner. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm keeping a keen eye out on Villa Villa mm-hmm. players. If Watkins can continue scoring, maybe Ings. Uh, like Ings, Ings in the first three game weeks this season had a very good... Uh, a very good start to the season. I think he scored three games in a row before everyone mass transferred him out for DCL uh, or Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And yeah. I think if Gerard can sort of get them going, I don't see why Ings couldn't be a very good option again. Um, definitely. One of, one of the big talking points last week was Callum Wilson. And I think I think you spoke about potentially that could have been one of your transfers as well. Uh, was going mm-hmm. um, someone to Callum Wilson? Do you think? Do you still think? Cause obviously, he blanked even when Newcastle scored three. Do you think he could still be a good option going forward? You see, yeah, and this was the thing I was going to ask because I didn't watch the game, and I really would have loved to have seen the game live. Because many times those things happen when you know strikers blank or attacking players blank. They play an amazing game, but just didn't get a FPL return. In those instances, I wouldn't have an issue with keeping them or buying them because I know that if they are attacking-minded, then they will get in on the, on the act eventually. And especially for Newcastle team that is under new management and you know there's buzz around them with the new ownership and stuff, they would be looking to make an impression. Um, with that being said, I don't want to... My whole issue is that if I'm going to take a risk on him, it has to be a risk that has enough um, return for me to make it worth my while. So I don't want that I um I go to Wilson and it's it's not really a good move because he hasn't been showing that he you know is deserving of the move. So I'm going to probably look over the game highlights particularly to see how he looked, how his movement was and stuff. But I still am considering him. Um, he's definitely not off the table, especially with their fixtures. That I think the immediate fixtures are nice fixture and immediate fixtures coming up are pretty decent. Um, and especially with my striker. Um, problems right now. I would not have an issue moving one of them out to bring him in. Um, definitely, especially because of his um price range as well. So yeah, he's definitely still on my mind. Sure. His his next three fixtures. Uh, I think we mentioned this earlier. Actually, are Arsenal, Norwich, and then Burnley. Um, mm-hmm. I think Arsenal have kept five clean sheets this season. So I don't think they're going to be particularly easy to break down for Newcastle. I'm not even sure I'd back, back Newcastle to score. Um, saying that, they do have Norwich and Burnley, which are potentially two of the best games that you could bring Wilson in for. The only problem is that after that, he faces um, Leicester, Liverpool, and then Manchester City. So, mm. you know, I suppose you've really got to weigh up how long you keep him for. Certainly with my wild card next week, I won't be bringing him in because... Two good games followed by three bad games, or you could even argue five bad games after that is not worth it. But if if you're really struggling for striker options, I don't see why Wilson isn't good to bring in for you know two weeks next week, and then review your position afterwards. You know, see if you want to sell him or see if he's been scoring, and maybe you keep him for Leicester. Um... Right. And I think for him, when I brought him in, it's a game-by-game basis. Um, so if he performs or if he at least looks as if he's going to get a goal, then he continues to play. And I think I'll take that approach too for 
Antonio going forward. Um, I, as you said, I don't know if I'm going to start him. I don't, you know, it's probably a gamble to even keep him on my bench against City. So I'll see. But I'll definitely, if I do bring him in, Wilson, I'll take him game by game. So even if he does have a, a tough fixture, I'll be able to weigh up my options then as to whether or not I trust his form over the fixture. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think the last one we need to mention is possibly Norwich. Um, I don't know how much we really need to talk about them because they are... In fact, I don't even think they're bottom of the table anymore. I think they've uh, overtaken Newcastle now. But um, mm. So since um, Dean Smith has taken over, he did mention that he's going to be playing Billy Gilmore quite a lot. Um, and I think that might be an interesting development to see how Newcastle now play, whether Pookie becomes an option, because I know, I know you only started playing last season, but sort of two or three seasons ago, Pookie was an option in the Premier League for a long time. Um, he was scoring quite regularly for Norwich. Uh, yeah, I remember, his, I remember his run. Yeah. yeah, and he was considered a really good pick back then, so if he could get firing again, um, I think he could be a really good option. We did see a glimpse of that at the weekend. Uh, yeah, he, he scored a header at the near post against uh, Southampton. Uh, so I'm sure if Dean Smith can get them playing, I really don't see why Pookie couldn't be a good option or even uh, like you've got, I'm going to probably pronounce it wrong again, but Oma Bamadele um, could be an option as well as a, a starting 3.9 defender. The only thing with him is that he's inconsistent with the stats. I, I never really am able to predict it because he started, scored a goal, got 10 points with, a, I think, um, with a bonus point or two, and then benched the next game. So I was never, you know, really able mm. to predict whether or not he was going to start. That's the only issue. That's why he's considered, like, nailed to my bench. Because of that, I never wanted to risk starting him and he ends up... Um, not playing in a in a in a game where I need him to play, so that's the only thing with him. Yeah, for sure. I suppose the nice thing about having a player like that is that if they don't come on, or sorry, if they don't start, they're unlikely to come on. So, say Norwich had a good run of uh, you know Newcastle, Burnley, um, you know, Brentford, or something like that. You could always start him if he starts, and you've got a chance of a clean sheet. And if he doesn't start, you know he's not going to come on, and your first bench will come on instead. Yeah. Um, so lastly, let's talk about uh, Manchester United because obviously they've now got, uh, and I think this happened after the game week, they've now got Michael Carrick in charge. Um, Ole has been sacked. Did they, mm. they play a game? I feel like they played a game yesterday under Carrick. I think they played in the Europa Champions League, League yesterday. Yeah. Was it? No, Champions, Champions League. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in the yeah. And uh, I, I believe they won. I, I didn't follow the game too closely, but I believe they won. So it's interesting to see if. And uh, Sancho scored. That's another talking point. Sancho yes. finally got a return. Sancho did get a return, actually. Um, and I'll be interested to see if he actually plays Sancho continuously. I think um, that was one of the things that probably hurt his assets was the fact that. His prize assets, the ones that you, um, you know, paid the money for, weren't starting consistently. Sancho, Van der Beek, you know, he's been a whole season and a half of this. Um, 
Pogba, well, Pogba has his issues as well. But those people are the people that weren't playing consistently. So I think that United lineup was very disjointed. And then when you have um, cases where uh, Sancho is going through as much scrutiny as he is, and you have all the attention of Ronaldo as well on top, who, you know, the demand, demand service and is returning, but also takes away from what probably other attacking returns from people like Bruno. And so it does become a kind of disjointed um, system. So it would be really interesting to see how the United assets do look going forward. But I wouldn't be too optimistic um, as of right now, especially since um, they will have a lot of figuring out to do and they still have a lot of chemistry work to get done, which I think will be the key to whether or not they make a run for the top four or not. For sure. And I think it's... I'm really questioning how much has actually changed at Manchester United until they get a new manager and a new set of backroom staff because... Nothing's really changed other than the fact that Ole is not there and uh, Carrick has been promoted to manager, well, interim manager at the moment, uh, which would right. suggest to me that, um, you know, that things might still be being done the same way, the same faces around. Uh, they did mention that potentially, you know, Michael Carrick might have different ideas about what time they arrive for breakfast. Um what time they train, what time they have meetings, what time they do tactics and things like that. And they were mentioning on Match of the Day that sometimes things like that can have an impact on a player. So, you know, even a change of scenery or a change of time can make it sort of, uh, you know, make it, make it easy for a, a player to sort of start improving again. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll be interested to see how Manchester United again, but obviously we would need to wait at least one game week to see what happens. And uh, I think we can all be annoyed if uh, Ronaldo then goes and bags a hat-trick this week. Yeah. Yeah. Would it create, what does, that's, the, that's the next stop thing, yeah. What was that, sorry? Yeah, I was going to say, I just remembered while I was asking the question, who they're playing. Um, if, they, if he does manage a hat-trick, I'm buying him. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I'm not questioning it. If he manages to score a hat-trick against um, that two-goal defence, I'm buying it. I'm captaining him. So um, that's not that's the other reason why I was going to hold on on him or anybody from United in general, even with new managers, because they have Chelsea and they have that. Chelsea have considered four goals for the entire season so far. So if you're talking about the, the, the sternness of tests as a new manager, that's, that's probably up there. Mm, for sure. No, that sounds good. Do you think we are going to be hearing from Stinger? Or maybe we should catch him on the next episode? He probably could, because if he was if he was to join, it probably would have been right now. So he probably had something holding him up or you know, um something as well. So I'll get in touch with him once he responds and he probably will be on for the next one. So yeah. Perfect. Okay, well on that note I think we'll um We'll leave it there. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, we're going to be recording another one of these tomorrow where we're going to be looking more at... Is it tomorrow? No, it's not. It's Friday. Um, yeah, where we'll be looking at uh, future transfers, things we're going to be doing. Potentially, we'll still be talking about, you know, wild card versus no wild card. I know a lot of people obviously have um, used their wild card at this point, so maybe we'll keep that a bit short. But, um, you know, transfers, upcoming fixtures and things like that. So... Thank you for mm. thank you for joining us and uh, let me just 
let me just yep. say just before we left that I was completely correct in predicting that um Callum has planned all of this thirty. So he's on his way out. <laughs> As I said last week, he was just allowing me the opportunity. So you know he's now taking back his position up above yeah. and he's going he's only going he's only going up. So stay tuned guys. I'm expecting another big arrow. Um and then many wild cards will all hell's gonna break loose. So let's just let me <laughs> let y'all know that I I predicted it. That's just wanna put that out there. Yeah, you can go. Dancing my way back to the top. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye.